ladies and gentlemen, here we are again with Real Deal Talk, and today, I'm telling you, and you know how I do it, you know how excited I get over my guests, but this guy right here, Mr. Jeff Bristol, co-owner of Fitness Quest 10, and one of the most incredible guys I've ever met in my entire life. And you guys know how I do this. You know, lately I've been, um, you know, I had a huge guest list in the beginning where I had people mapped out for or uh, scheduled out for months at a time, right? Months ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But recently I've been kind of just letting things come to me on the fly. So if God highlights someone to me on the fly, I'm like, you know what? This is this is the next guest that's going to come in. And that's what I've been doing lately. And Jeff Bristol, and I actually will say this, Jeff is on the original list. Of uh, which is hundreds of people in San Diego alone. Some mm -hmm. people in these go, you're on the original list. Uh, that, but, I'm happy to be on that original <laughs> list. <laughs> but that said, I still let it come to me when people that are on the list are meant to come in. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I like to kind of point this out to my guests that uh, and to, to preface this and also focus on it that it's so important in your life to pay attention to who comes into your life and don't just, you know, um, you know, move on from certain people. See, see why they're in your life. Because everybody comes into our life for a certain period of time. Would you agree with this? Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes, and like with Jeff, Jeff and I met uh, two years ago, uh, roughly, maybe three. Yeah. Was three? Two. I think it was two years. No, two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. T-Ball. Uh, T-Ball, our sons, Johnny and his son, Knox, were on the same T-Ball um, team. And we met. And we hit it off immediately. Yep. Obviously, we're both uh, meatheads. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's where we hit it off at first. Yeah. yeah at first, that's an automatic connection for bodybuilding meatheads. You the just, bros. The bros. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> that's an, right. Right. It's an <laughs> totally. automatic. But then he's passionate. He's excited. He's positive. He's a, a smart guy, runs a great business. And I just had the most respect for him. He was great with the kids because he helped. You were helping coach, I remember. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I said, man, this is this a cool. So I went right over to Fitness Quest 10. We've been telling everybody about you guys. And by the way, Fitness Quest 10 is in uh, Scripps Ranch. And you're a co-owner with um, Todd Durkin, yep. who's very, very well known in the fitness community. Yep. Todd, shout out. You're an amazing guy. Um, you're coming on the show too, by the way. That's right. Exactly. Get him over here. Exactly. So great business. You guys, in fact, a lot of the NFL players train with you guys is that right yep give yeah. me some names who's training over there i mean drew Brees has been one of our clients for 17 18 years wow. still trains there like in retirement but yeah he's one of many to be honest i mean i mean and really the nfl players and other you know high profile athletes are kind of maybe what put us on the map yeah i guess but really like our, our bread and butter man are you know this it's the script ranch community and surrounding yep. areas and moms and dads and kids and families and so that's really like the bulk of our community right. is, is those people, right? It's cool having the, the, yeah. the pros in there yep. training with you at the same time and everything like that. But, but I'm glad you but pointed yeah. that out, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you don't want people to get intimidated thinking, oh, wait, this place is only for professionals. Totally. It's so not. It's, it, it's more for... You're, you're at every, I don't want to say average people because you don't have average people at Fitness Quest 10. People over there are, they're going after it. Amen. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the, the, in fact, I, and I'll be frank with you. It's it's really incredible energy over there, and I, I'm I'm actually almost intimidated to come over there. Me, meaning, because <laughs> you guys got a lot of hit things going on. But yeah. my, one of my buddies, by the way, I'm gonna bring this up on the fly. Just just thought about it right now. Uh, Jeremy Gonzalez. Oh yeah, I love Jeremy. Yeah. yeah, he trains with me Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Did he tell you we met? Yeah. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, and I saw that on I think your social media. Yes. Yeah, he's a great guy. 
Dude, you yeah. guys, we're connected to so many totally. people, we didn't even know it. I know. My wife loves it over there. Um, UFC fighters are over there. Yep. You've got the, the, like you said, the community. So can't mm -hmm. say enough about Fitness Quest Head, Scripps Ranch area, Poway area. Yep. Go by, check them out, tell them we sent you. Um, and so what we're going to do today here, and, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, so Jeff, just so you know, um, and, and everybody that's watching and listening, you guys know how I do it here. I, 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 I purposely don't do research on my guests ever because I know you've been on a lot of podcasts. Been on a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Been on a couple, uh, which means a lot. And yeah. uh, and I so I don't research purposely because I want to dig into the information on the fly and organically uh, dig out the gold myself. Yeah. Right. And what here's what I do know about Jeff. What I do know is that he's got an incredible story of uh, coming. Uh, let's let's call it a comeback story. Yeah. Would you call it that? Mm hmm. Comeback story, overcoming the odds, overcoming some major trials and tribulations, one of which being addiction, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. A very serious bout. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, tune into this one. If you are having any type of issues or anybody in your family, any type of issue, you're going to want to tune into this because this is going to be powerful. Uh, we spoke a little bit beforehand. I said, is there anything off the table? He said, nothing. It's all on the table. Shoot it. And so that's, you know, of course, my videographers right now. Okay, great. That means we're in for another long one. <laughs> Buckle right? up. Buckle up. Get comfortable. That's right. All right. With that said, here we, by the way, how old are you now? I am 38. Oh, you're a young buck. Be 39 this year. Young yeah. buck. Look at Prime looks, time. Looks like a million bucks. Look at, look at this guy. <laughs> and you played what? College ball? or what, I you wrestled. Like? You wrestled. wrestled in college. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You look like a wrestler. Yeah. All right. So 38. Gonna yep. be, when are you going to be 39? Uh, December 9th. Nice. Okay. December, You're getting up there. Yeah. yeah. Once you hit the big 4 -0. I know. That's creeping up. <laughs> you know, creeping. life actually begins at 40. That's right. <laughs> well, good. 30. Yeah. You start to have a clue. Start. <laughs> start. What are, you, what are you in your 20s, Spencer? 20s. Look at this guy. <laughs> He'll learn some things today. Yeah. <laughs> 30s, you start to have a clue. Start. And then mm -hmm. 40, life begins. And then 50, you actually realize what's going on. Yeah. I, I believe all it. All right. So anyway, there's your... There's your I'm there's still your, figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. We all are. Yeah, there's your right. timeline. All right. So let's go back. Mm -hmm. um, you're in San Diego, obviously, now. Yeah. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Lake Tahoe, randomly, kind of. Uh, both my parents are from San Diego. And so, um, uh, after my parents, uh, had me when they were living in Lake Tahoe, they moved back down to Temecula and that's where I was, that's where I grew up Yeah, in Temecula, oldest of three kids, you know, amazing family. I just, you know, yeah, I met your brother. Yep. My little brother, yes. Teddy. Yeah. Yep. Great trainer kid. at fitness great quest 10. Great, <laughs> He's great. Great. Guy. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's so awesome being able to work with him and, yeah. you know, have him on the team at fitness quest 10. Yep. And so, so yeah, I grew up in Temecula, oldest of three, you know, just, uh, I really did have just that childhood that I I really hope to provide my my yeah, kid. You, you know? did, yeah, yeah. Parents that poured into me. I mean, they worked their tails off. My mom was a teacher. My dad's a general contractor. Um, you know, they um, they gave me every opportunity I any kid could hope for, yeah. from being loved and supported to wow. sports to school. You know. Um, so my childhood was just, uh, an amazing childhood, you know, yeah. um, and a lot of fond, fond memories. And, and so I played a lot of sports, played, you know, soccer and baseball and football and, and wrestling is something I got into. Yeah. And I, you know, we talked about how I went on to do that in in college, but yeah, through my childhood, uh, um, uh, I just had a, a very well-rounded, you know, 
felt loved and supported and yeah. encouraged all the way, you know. Parents were together the whole time. Parents were together the whole time. And you saw love between your parents. 100%. Isn't that big? Isn't that just... Oh, huge. Yeah. It, and it's the most simple thing. Yeah. Because in a, in a home, if there's if there's dissension or any animosity between the parents, right. parents don't realize how powerful that is. Totally. It's, it's funny. I was just watching Dr. Phil the other day. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. starting to get into him. I like, I like the mentality of it. Yeah. And it said that the, your your kids' brains get rewired if you have all this negative energy in the house. Like, actually, brains get rewired. Yeah. It's that powerful. Yeah, I believe it. Right? Mm -hmm. So incredible. So, were you were the older, the oldest I was of the, the three? Oldest of three, yeah. What was that like? Were you like, uh, did you run the house? Did you, you and your brother fight all the time? Well, my brother was five years younger than me. And so there was kind of like that. I was really like his older brother, yeah. but my sister, the middle one, she's only 20 months ah, younger okay. than me. And wow. her and I were kind of, you know, we we're little partners yeah. in crime growing up and, and friends. And she's still one of my you know, best friends That's and closest great. confidants. I, wow. I call her all the time and life's gotten busier. You know, she's got four kids and she has a, a law firm up in LA, wow. a, a family law firm and she's, you know, killing it. And she's always been somebody that's inspired me a lot and stuff. So, but it's been awesome having her as a, you know, a close sibling, somebody yeah. who we're the kind of the same age ish growing up. And then my brother, uh, you know, five years younger than me, he was always kind of like, I was the the bigger brother, you yeah. know, kind of to him because he was freshman in high school when I was like a freshman in college. So I was always like that one step in life ahead of him, I guess. And so we had a neat kind of dynamic and, and him and I are very close to this day. So very close with my, my siblings and my parents and um, yeah, just got a, an amazing family. And so this is just kind of coming to me now because mm -hmm. let, I'm going to be frank here. I don't hear this story much, meaning rarely do you hear that siblings are close. I know. Right? I see that all the time. It just, it, it, it I see it all the time, you know, yeah. where siblings live in different areas or maybe don't talk all the time or, or, or maybe don't have that even, don't have a relationship. Or, I know. Yeah, it like, is, it is, uh, it is kind of, uh, unusual to me just because I know how close I am to, right. to my siblings and, and how much I, you know, know that they're like my best friend, somebody I can lean on no matter what. And, so, and, yeah. and I, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's no question that's attributed to your parents. Yeah. To the, to the, um, the example that mm -hmm. they showed you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And now that we're talking about this, I'm loving this topic because I've been fascinated by this recently, how so many families have such a bad dynamic mm -hmm. where the siblings, as we just talked about, are either like not even close at all, don't talk at all, right. or even are just kind of almost enemies. Like yeah. there's a competition thing, mm -hmm. there's a jealousy thing. Mm -hmm. So for the fact that you had a family and you still do that's tightly knit, all close, that's something to say. And I guarantee there's no question it's from your parents. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I attribute to that, you know, and, and life's tough, like dynamics, family dynamics change. And as you get older and become adults and there's, you know, financial things or there's, you know, fine family dynamics can be tough sometimes, yeah. but you know, I feel like if, you know, the parents set the tone and, you know, my parents were never the ones to, you know, my dad's not the, richest guy in the world but you know like my mom and dad both taught me you know how to work hard and treat people right you know and i think that kind of like started at the at home and you know obviously like they growing you know raising three kids and and both of them working and and stuff it wasn't like just you know 
rainbows and sh- right. sunshine all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. there was challenges. I know that they faced, but I never felt that or or wow or saw it. I guess growing up, you know, and that's I, huge. Yeah. The fact that because you know they went through challenges. Oh, totally. Everybody does financial totally. challenges for sure. And the fact that you didn't know much about it, mm-hmm. that's huge. Totally huge. So um, okay, so that's uh, so going. When when would you say in sports? When you realized which sport did you like, but when did you know that wrestling was your thing? How fast? By the time I was like eighth grade freshman in high school, it was yeah. pretty clear that like me and my brother were kind of that wrestling was going to be there. My dad was actually a basketball player in college. Really? Yeah, Division One basketball. Wow. Yep, and uh, and he played at Oregon and Sonoma University, of Oregon and Sonoma State, and here in San Diego with Bill Walton and stuff. No like, way. yeah. yeah. Uh, so my dad's six four basketball player, and he ended up with two wrestlers. Uh, so that was kind of funny. But uh, but yeah, wrestling was introduced to our family through a family friend, and me and my brother kind of just took to it and got more and more involved with it. And so in high school, um, that's where wrestling was kind of like my focus. And it was you know wrestling school and um and you know I had a really great foundation of yeah. of athletics and academics. What about baseball? Like, what else? Football. I played. I played baseball, soccer. Soccer was a big sport of yeah. mine. I played club soccer all the way through eighth grade, but um, when it became high school time, that's when I, you know, focused on wrestling. So, so mm-hmm. let me ask you this: So you're doing all these sports, mm-hmm. right? And at what point did you did you specialize? Did you say, okay, cool? Did you get encouraged by your parents to, hey, let's um, focus on wrestling? It now? was kind of more. Well, first of all, with soccer, I loved that sport, and I played club soccer all the way up till eighth grade. Yeah. High school, they're both the same season. So that was kind of like, Uh, that was my deciding factor on that. I don't know if I would have continued to play or not. I played one year of football my freshman year. Had a great time. You know, loved playing defense and hitting people. That was, I was always like such an aggressive guy, you know. So I played some cornerback and safety. And um, so I loved football, but, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be my sport you know right. so i played my freshman year and then after that i actually had a shoulder surgery my tore my labrum my freshman year in high school wrestling oh wrestling mm-hmm. really did you mm-hmm. did you go down on it like hit the mat on it i mean wrestling is so much it's so physical i mean slams and yeah. your arm getting cranked behind you and all this stuff i don't remember an exact like time it happened i think it was more wear and tear but i tore my labrum so i had like a you know a pretty serious surgery my freshman year in high school wow. where i got screws in my shoulder and everything to to repair my how, labrum yeah how, how what did that do to your mentality like what did it do to your like um you know attitude mm-hmm. or how did you how did you because wrestling was your thing and mm-hmm. i know how it is when something you got something that's your thing and then you can't do it anymore totally that'll affect you how, how did that go well you know my my freshman year is when things kind of shifted for me like school and sports were you know, I excelled in both of them and, yep. you know, I did well in school always. It kind of came honestly naturally for me. I wasn't the guy that studied 24 yeah. seven, you know, I was just, I did well in school. And, and so then my, but when I hit high school, it was kind of like my personality, you know, when I found like, you know, the party scene and mm. stuff in high school, yeah. um, obviously I was still going hard. I was doing well and, and doing well in school and sports still, but that's when like, things kind of shifted for me and I, you know, started getting into the party scene a little bit. Freshman year. Freshman year, high school. Yep. Eighth grade, freshman year. How do you, what what do you think got you into it? Like, was it just your friends were hanging out and you just were partying and 
you know, I've shared this story before. I remember yeah. like in eighth grade, I went to like a private school, kindergarten through eighth grade. Yeah. You know? So, and that's not, I think any reason that I was more kind of behaved or up into that point, I went to a public school for high school. Um, but I remember in eighth grade kind of having this mentality. Okay. Like I know those guys, cause I was going to varsity wrestling practices and stuff like that. Mm. And I knew some of the older guys in high school were like smoking weed and stuff. And yeah. I remember having that mentality when I was in eighth grade and even making like a pact with one of my friends, like, Hey man, like when we get to high school next year, like you got to like, you know, stay strong with me and let's not smoke weed and stuff. I remember having that conversation with him and then. Cause it was yeah. prevalent. It was, it was, I knew it was around like, yeah. especially some of the older guys and stuff like yep. that, you know, in the sports teams and everything, you know? Um, but when I got to high school, man, I don't know what it was. It was like, right. When I became that freshman year in high school and I got to that first little hangout or party or get together and it was around that conversation or mindset or mentality kind of went, you know, right out the window. And I was kind of like, you know, there was not peer pressure, but it was just that I, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of was open, curious, yeah. whatever. Yep. And those were the first times that like I, you know, got drunk or smoked weed. And, and so, so, cause you were so good in wrestling that you were actually wrestling with the varsity guys. Is that, yep. what, is that what I Yeah. Heard? I was going to varsity wrestling practice as, as an eighth grader. As an eighth grader? So was, oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, what you weight know, were you wrestling by the way? I was 125s as a freshman. 120. You know that you're bigger than me in fresh. I was 106. Were you really? 107 oh pounds. <laughs> this guy. I That's was 107. Yeah, I believe year. it. I believe it. 107. It's hard to believe now looking at you. <laughs> my man jacked over here. Can That's, you believe? That's ridiculous. 100%. So 125. Did you wrestle? No, I did you, for oh, a couple years. Okay. Yeah. In high school? Yeah, so here's the thing. I, and it's funny that we're talking about this story. Yeah. No, it's earlier. Earlier. Okay. Like in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh -huh. I think. So here was the problem. I started late. And I got on a team that was phenomenal. Where you, you, guys you, like Jersey? you, yeah, Jersey, yeah, guys Jersey's like nails and they're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, Voorhees, you know the whole. Mm -hmm. And there were guys like you mm -hmm. in my weight class. Mm -hmm. So when I came in new, guess what happened every meet? Yeah, <laughs> you get your ass. Yeah, because <laughs> so I'd wrestle the number one guys because oh, yeah. they would drop all this weight to go to lower weight classes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I never had to make weight in wrestling. <laughs> that's that's how you much were... I was fed. The I was the, the lamb for the slaughter. <laughs> the Seriously, that's funny. I'm that dead, dead serious. Yeah. My mom was upset because <laughs> okay. I would literally like one of our guys was phenomenal, oh, yeah. and he would drop weight so he didn't have to wrestle the number one guy, and then I'd get creamed. Oh my gosh! Um, and then she was so, so oh, upset by that that I was just oh, getting sacrificed. <laughs> sacrificed. <laughs> Seriously, because shout guys out like to you, all the wrestling moms yeah, out there. So guys like being you, being a mom in wrestling is tough. It's you watch bro. your son and she go, hated it son go out there daughter go out there or whatever going in all these different oh yeah torsion things beat getting, up on and everything. Oh. Oh, yeah i mean you go out and lose a soccer game or something it's you know it's yeah. a bummer for the parents but when it's a bummer when a parent <laughs> when a parent watches their kid get their <laughs> their, yeah. their tail handed, it was brutal. oh yeah they're just kidding <laughs> but let me tell you something it was character building for and then sure. once i once i wrestled people that got kids my own kind of thing i started winning i yeah. started pinning people i started totally. winning a little bit mm -hmm. not enough to like it and for it to yeah. stick because the good the great guys that were like kind you when yeah. we went to high school they were we had like the number one team in jersey these yeah. guys were every weight class was stupid so i'm yeah. like i'm out i'm yeah. done this is it for me i, yeah. I was skiing that i think because it's winter right it's, yeah. re it's wrestling yeah. in the winter yeah. i love skiing i was a really good oh, skier okay. love skiing so yeah. i'm like i'm done yeah. i don't i don't need this i'm going skiing not yeah plus it was too nerve-wracking for me yeah I was in wreck. It's, a, it's an interesting sport, man. It's definitely different than 
a lot of team sports yeah. and stuff like wrestling it's a it's a grind and it is character building yeah and, you know you go out there and you get your butt whooped by somebody and but what would yeah. you say you got like the most you got out of wrestling what what did wrestling do for your life that I, you, that you took yeah. with you in, in life you look back and think wrestling made me this type of man or yeah i really appreciate that like the grit yeah that wrestling taught me i mean college wrestling just the grind of of a wrestling season practices you know cutting weight and just you know just it's just um i i really i went hard I'll, I'll at bet. practices you know that's you know part of my personality i just went hard at practice and and so wrestling taught me a lot about i think like work ethic and and grit and you yeah. know like you're uncomfortable very uncomfortable yeah it's wrestling is the most physically i feel the like most demanding of any sport, sport. without just, question kicks your ass conditioning wise like it just you know it wipes you out you know? even, so, even more than boxing yeah. other than mm mma because mma is a combo of all of them mm -hmm. but wrestling i, I even talked to my my you know the ufc fighters yeah. that i train that are the and those ones that wrestled in college and yeah. they're like you know the training that they do for mma is still not as much of as a wrestling. grind as like wow. a college wrestling season or something a college wrestling season you're weighing in every week, sometimes yeah. two times a week. You're competing, you know, a dual meet on Thursday and a tournament on Saturday. And, you know, MMA obviously is a brutal, yeah. incredible, like right. physically demanding and, you know, intense sport. You know, but it's like yeah. they have a eight-week camp for, for one weigh-in and one fight. And then it's, a, you know, it's just a little yeah. bit different with. So, yeah, wrestling taught me a lot just being an individual sport, you know, the the physical. Yeah. The physical demand of the sport makes you and, makes you tough. And and the thing about wrestling is, when you're wrestling, you're you, you're literally using every muscle in your body <laughs> for a full whatever it is three yeah. minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. Brutal. Yeah. I remember coming off, and every single muscle was just, just pumped, smoked. Yeah. smoked. Yeah, forearms. <laughs> yeah, couldn't even. Okay, so yeah. let's get back here. Mm -hmm. um, freshman year in high school. Let's yep. get let's get into partying because yep. there, there aren't many people that when they got to high school that didn't party right let's be frank here That's so true, you, yeah. so you got into it mm -hmm. and uh and and give me that scenario of how did it like when did it start to get serious when did you start to go a little bit overboard totally i i i feel like i went kind of in and you know as soon as i got exposed to the the, the drinking and the weed you know i went the first time i smoked weed i just was with i think because of my personality yeah you know like love people love yeah the social scene i was all about the like the social scene and stuff even though i was like doing you know wrestling and in, in school were still very big you know priority in my life um you know i started partying really hard and partying with older people yeah. and trying you know coke and pills and so, ecstasy so that all happened in a very kind of quick time in my yeah. freshman sophomore year in high school was that around freshman year like yeah. coke, coke and ecstasy mm -hmm. oh my god that's yeah. crazy yeah i mean it is but it's not i mean like we all think that like you know i i grew up very similar to like a scripps ranch childhood yeah. Yeah. you know between my my upbringing and the sports and the school and the resources and everything i had around me but like in every high school it's around, you know. I think it's because I grew up in such a bubble. I did. Yeah. I grew up in a, a major bubble where that stuff wasn't even around other than other than weed and drinking. That was it. Oh, yeah, no, not for me. I mean, I I, I, I tried pretty much everything by the time I was a 
sophomore wow high school yeah so and, and i'm glad we're talking about this because i know that what you're saying is normal normal mm-hmm. meaning it's around yeah and it's and from what i'm hearing now is it's a lot more serious with fentanyl oh my god like fentanyl now is oh. like the thing even in like starting in middle school yeah middle yeah. school that's crazy. and fentanyl is serious like yeah. no, it kills people all the time yes yeah crazy yeah all right so so you just loved it what was your it was really about just my personality my attraction to like the older crowd you know kind of you know so so yeah i pushed the envelope you in did. that scene was your sister involved too no did she know that you were like did she know you were partying of course my she sister did. did yeah for sure and everybody did your parents everybody know? my parents because i started suffering some consequences in high school ah. despite you know having really good grades doing really well in sports yeah. i was ranked fifth in the country my my senior year so i'm getting recruited by colleges fifth in the country mm-hmm. all state Mm-hmm. first in the state obviously no right? i didn't win state my senior my i missed my fro- my sophomore and junior year yeah sophomore year had that surgery oh yeah junior year i got kicked off the wrestling team oh i got a dui and ah, you know so i, had, I suffered all these consequences okay so to go back but, to this yeah. when you started suffering the consequences mm-hmm. so it was probably my sophomore year where i i kind of got you know, more into the party scene and stuff, you know, still keeping up my grades and wrestling and stuff, but had that shoulder surgery and was partying more. And, um, yeah, I got a DUI when I was a a junior and started to, you know, get in trouble for those sort of things. But, you know, I was still functioning at a higher level, I guess, with school and and sports. So I was able to kind of justify keep, it keep the the charade going you know or yeah. whatever you know i was i was I was partying and getting in trouble but i was also doing well in school doing well in sports so and i could always you know talk <laughs> my way out of pretty much anything which is a, a <laughs> blessing and a curse you know because i i uh i you know so yeah so i um and so let me ask you this um so you know your, your parents your parents knew mm-hmm. Do they do they know how much you're partying? Do they have any idea? Yeah, they did. And you know, what as a parent, do? as a parent, you're trying to, you know, you okay, you know, you, you punish your child, you take away their their car or their, uh, you know, yeah. It's hard as a parent, right? Right. You know, yeah. you see a kid who. So what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Because um, it's around. There's almost any, there's almost nothing you can do about mm-hmm. it other than try. Right. To make your child like, make good decisions. It's like me and my sister. We were one grade apart, no different childhood or upbringing or anything. And here I was like going off, going to getting blacked out drunk and yeah. getting DUIs and trying all these drugs and doing these things. And my sister was like captain of the soccer team, captain of the cheer team, going to youth group. Like, you know, she, you know, but there was no different. Yeah. So it's like as a parent. And parents out there, I know, relate to yes. just this. You don't have an answer on how to deal with a child that is, you know. Right. Do you give them tough love or do you, you know, help them? You know, yeah, so it's, just it's like, tough. Mm-hmm. It's, and I'm glad we're bringing this up, man, because I want parents that are, a lot of parents that are watching and listening, they're going to, they're going through this right. with, with a child and, totally. or, or are going to. Totally. And because uh, I just recently now I'm, I'm going to have to start having the talk with Jacqueline, who's 11, because I just heard recently. Well, I've heard this for a while that mm-hmm. next year, middle school, there's drugs already floating around. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is just nuts. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. So um, 
so how did they discipline you? Just took away the car? I mean... Did you even remember? Did it work? I dealt with a lot of different disciplinary stuff from my parents, yeah. from school. My coach in high school, my coaches, I love them to death. Yeah. Arnold Alpert, Lyndon Campbell, Temecula Valley High School. Yeah. I was the top-ranked wrestler in the state my junior year. Yeah. But they could see that my actions and the way i was being a bad influence on the team and mm. and and i had already had a couple instances where i got in trouble at school at a dance where i came drunk to a dance and all these other things so my coaches cared more about you know setting the right type of culture on their team yeah and you know teach you know then then winning right. really yeah. because which is kind of rare me and a couple other guys that were the best guys on that team that year were all being little <laughs> Yeah. Excuse my friend, shitheads. You yeah, know, we were, yeah, we were out partying, getting in trouble. And so my junior year, they basically made a behavior contract that said, hey, you know, you're going to do, you're not going to do this, 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 this. And if you do, you're, you're off the team. Did, did they contact your parents about that? Oh, yeah. I had a parent-teacher conference with them. Yes. With my high school wrestling coach. This is a, long, this is a side story, but my phone called my high school coach's house in my pocket your phone I, my phone yeah one of those nokia phones the yes. original nokia phones arnold alpert was the a <laughs> in my phone it called his house left a 10 minute message on his answering oh, machine no. me and my other buddies on my team like buying it, buying an ounce of weed and blah 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 <laughs> oh my god so yeah but i was the number one ranked guy in the state that year yeah but he said hey this this is not going to happen on my team or yeah. in our team. You know, Arnold and Lyndon. I remember that that conference, that parent teacher conference I had with my parents. They played the tape right there in oh front of me my. and my parents. Were you just horrified? Oh yeah, horrified. My parents. It was just. <laughs> Did you just? Yeah, just. Were you like in the chair? <laughs> I had all. Yeah, it was terrible. I showed up. I got blindsided. They said, "Hey, come on down. We need to talk to you and your parents just about you know some of the things that have happened with school and we need to set some expectations and." <laughs> And he had that recording, oh played my. it. At the, oh. <laughs> and the Nokia was like laugh this about big. It. Was it like oh, this dude, big? Yeah. yeah, it was a big old thing. <laughs> had the snake game on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it called my coach's oh, phone and man. left a message. And, and so, yeah, that led me to being on a behavior contract. Yes. Which I ended up later on coming down here to San Diego to yeah. Jack Murphy Stadium when it was Jack Murphy for a motocross event in the middle of my junior season yep. and on the way home i did a a beer run at uh, uh deer springs ampm okay and got a dui got a dui yep another one that was my that, that was the first one that okay was that was the first that was one it. yeah so i got kicked off the wrestling team my junior year how, so how, sophomore junior year i had no how long after the contract did you get the dui i didn't last very long yeah a week was, or two yeah it was like two weeks and another one or there was three of us that could put on got put on another one got caught with weed and kicked off and then the third one moved in with my coach took second in state and got a scholarship to embry riddle and uh, he's, he's moved one of my, in with your coach where were his coach. parents his parents were he was living with his mom single mom at the time yep and his little sister was going through cancer treatment mm. at the hospital all the time she's okay but she was his mom was very MIA and so he, him and I were just being little yeah. shitheads. Little knuckleheads. Yeah. 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 Wow. Love you, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. 
And so he moved in with your coach. He moved in with that my coach, him. took second in state that year, got a scholarship to college. And that, yeah, that was so those are the kind of coaches and people I had in my life from, yeah. from blessed. I had all beyond. I had these incredible coaches and leaders in my life all along. And I managed to. <laughs> well, you know, because normal and in, in what, from what I've seen, normal coaches would have focused on the winning they totally would, they wouldn't care what, oh, they totally. just they would hide what you were doing mm-hmm. just so you they can you can win matches yep get me out of trouble do this do that yes no this was like wow mm-hmm. and so okay so you were off when you were got, when you were kicked off the team how did you feel at that point were you like screw you were you, were you playing the victim card kind of yeah i had that little kind of punk attitude at that time and yeah. i was like ah, oh, you know like screw you yeah and i was uh, thinking about transferring high schools to come down to Poway, actually, yeah. Poway High School here in San Diego or Santa Ana Calvary Chapel. That's a big wrestling school up yeah. in Orange County. So I was thinking about transferring and, you know, I kind of realized before the start of my senior year that, like, hey, that's like Temecula Valley Golden Bears. That's yeah. where I, I grew up in that in that program. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are very de- dear to me to this day. You know, so I had that foundation of yeah. sports and, yeah. and, and community and and coaches and leaders and mentors in my life all along. But, you know, even with that, some of us have to go off and (laughs) Yeah. You gotta go off the rails a little bit to go off the rails and and learn our own lessons, right? You know, so but those were those were people early on my coaches in high school, they kicked me off the team. I came back to them in the beginning of my senior year before I said, Hey, I wanna wrestle here. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll take a drug test every, you know, I'll do whatever. And so they let me back on the team and I won some really big tournaments in the beginning of the season. And even without having a sophomore junior year, yeah, no, you know, no record on either of those years. Right. My senior year kicked off really strong. So I started getting contacted by colleges and that's how I ended up, you know, going off to, and to so college when you, to wrestle. So when you got kicked off the team, how far into junior year was that? That was uh, at the like second half of my junior year. Second half, okay. Half. The important and stuff, you know. Like so that. did you just continue to party? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so you just had to get a ride somewhere. So yeah. You could drive. Oh yeah, yeah. Just got a ride with friends, and I continued to party all through high school, all and the way through college. What, what are your when you got the DUI? What did your parents do about that? I mean, you know, obviously they're, they're devastated and sad and mad and yeah. all those things, and try to you know, discipline a kid to the best of their ability. But, you know, I went back out there and kind of got back to, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's your younger brother? What was he doing at this point? He... Because he's now about 13, 14 roughly at this point. Yeah. So my brother, I was definitely not a good role model for him. You know, obviously I was like, my he I was the older brother. All my friends were around. And thankfully, like, he definitely learned some of his own lessons. Yeah. But he was a much milder version of me. And my parents couldn't have handled two of me. <laughs> you know, he got in a little bit of trouble, maybe try, you know, but kind of yeah. got his act together and never went off the rails. And was your sister trying to help? Was she trying to step oh, in yeah, and go? Oh, yeah, my sister, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're young and you yeah, think you know everything, yeah. like, nobody can tell you anything. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, zero. That's who I was. I was like. Thought I knew everything. Of course. And you know, but the, again, I, even though I thought I knew everything and I was a little punk and everything, at the same time in the in the base of it, I was still was that nice kid that like, you know, yeah. had this same kind of personality that I yeah. that I do 
today. That yeah, yeah, guy that you mounted out on the t-ball yeah. field. I was still that guy when yeah, I was a fun freshman. Guy. Yeah, I was still that guy. Fun guy to be around. Yeah, and it's like one of those kids that you see. You're like, oh man, he's like a great kid. He's got you know so yeah. much potential. Like, yeah. Oh man, he's. I hope he cleans up his act because he's you know. And so let me let me ask you this: as far as like, how bad were the drugs at this point? Were you doing coke? How often? At this point, like junior, senior year in high school and right in the beginning of college, it was still a little bit more recreational Yeah, where it was like at the parties social on thing. the weekends. Yeah. You know, I couldn't do it every night and still go to wrestling practice every day. And, you know, it was still more of a social thing through yeah, right. high school and into college. And when you got back on the high school, oh, sorry, senior, mm-hmm. senior year, you mm-hmm. got back, were you still partying and just keeping it still, secret? I still was. How did yeah. that word not get around? You know, uh, I'm still doing it on the weekends yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, I don't want to take we, away from the hard work I put in, yeah. I guess, with like, you know, wrestling and, right. and school and stuff yeah. like that, because I did, yep. but I was still. And weren't you taking drug tests though, or did they not make you take the drug tests? They didn't make me all through oh, my really? senior year, oh. yeah. But you know, it really just was such a, I mean, as an athlete, I look back all, always to my, you know, performances through, I mean, even though it's not the most important thing is, uh, you know, with, you know, family and your own health and just yeah. the lifestyle that you're creating for yourself. But, you know, like I never, never was the athlete or yeah. student or, you know, or family member or, or son or brother that I could have been during those years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So you didn't quite hit your potential in those years is what you're saying. Not at all. Yeah. I was and putting do- a lot of energy into. Yeah, of course. So do you regret that? Like, do you have regrets? I do. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into it. Yeah. Where it took me. Yes. Down where we talked about, you know, off the rails or, you know, where it took me. And people ask me, like, do I regret those years? And, you know, I think that, yeah, the, the, the challenges and the pain that, like, me and my family kind of faced later on in as I went into my 20s and stuff. Yeah because of the this you know drug addiction drug addiction that I developed yep um the experiences gave me and my family a perspective on on life and and stuff where I don't think like I would have the same perspective and and insight and stuff that I do today had yeah. I not gone through all that wow and was there any spirituality going on uh in your younger years Yes, but not like a, not like a foundation of spirituality. You know? Got like it. We went to church here and there, yeah. and you know. Um, but parents weren't like religious no. or anything like that. Mm-mm. Never pushed anything. No, 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 no. And so, okay, so now you get into college. Mm-hmm. When when did things get more, let's say, serious? Yeah. So I got a scholarship to college, yep. and then a great coach in college. Which in college like, was it again? UC Davis. UC, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great team, great coach. Um, great community up there and I'm close with many of my teammates and my coach from college and my coaches from college still to this day. And, um, but I went off to UC Davis and then freshman year, sophomore year, still kind of keeping the, I had a good season. My sophomore year placed in the pac tens, took third in the pac tens and qualified for the national tournament and stuff. And so that should have been kind of like, you know, But that should have been where, you know, I continued to to improve. But instead, that was kind of like, 
that was the like top. the tipping point. Yeah, that like was my the sophomore year in college. Kind of yeah, my junior year was when I really started using. Yeah, you know, I went from weed and alcohol in high school yeah. to like more recreational coke pills ecstasy what kind of, what kind of pills uh vicodin and vicodin. oxycontin uh, uh, you know the opiates yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah and then as i got into college i just kept you know experimenting more and getting connected with people that are not like on my college wrestling team or yeah. in my dorm these kind of on the fringe people yeah and i always sought out sought out you know that you know i was always searching them for that next high or right. whatever yeah. and so it went just got worse and worse and so my college by the time i was in college i was developed a addiction with meth and heroin meth mm -hmm. because and and um you know i've i've had friends that i've heard this story similar to where because you can't the, the next high it like you you got like the final plateau is heroin yeah right yeah so talk to me about that trend like how did it get to the point if you don't mind yeah. I, 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 however much you want to peel back here absolutely and i'm doing this purposely so people that are either going through it have gone through it are recovering from it mm -hmm. parents that are watching listening you know so you went to pills and then it, what do you remember the first time that you did a heroin like yeah, do you remember the first time like what took you over the top yeah so obviously you don't just wake up one day and yeah try heroin it's a gradual progression and you know even me in that lifestyle that i had with the upbringing that i had and you know being it was like you know here i am at uc davis on scholarship for wrestling and i'm sticking needles in my arm wow you know so it's kind of baffling for even me to look back and go how did it go from this how did i end up in that position of being yeah. you know addicted to heroin and meth as a junior senior in college and you know it's just one of those things that it starts off with you know some some of the more entry you know gateway yeah. type right. you know they call them gateway drugs it was a great a lot of my friends they smoked weed and drank in yep. high did school and college maybe did some ecstasy tried some coke and then yeah. stopped doing stuff that was basically me right there that was many people all my friends yes yeah, that was me that was many people ecstasy loved it a yeah. little bit of coke here and yeah. there tons of weed loved yeah. weed but never went over that tipping yeah. point and so. that's how so many of my friends were yeah. and it's not crazy uncommon for that right you know people that go off to college to yeah party and try some things or or whatever but and all my friends kind of just but i did not you know i was that who introduced it like what how, don't you know the name, yeah. name i'm saying like what point did you get to it's like oh you know what let me let me try that too it was not a college student at uc davis let me put it that way okay. it was like you know I think as I, just in my hometown in Temecula, I, I ran with a crowd that always partied harder and there was that person or the friend or the drug dealer or whoever that I, you know, would meet and then, you know, you'd kind of make these connections as you go and it would go kind of farther down the, you know, and in, 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 into college too, same thing. It was like, it wasn't like, you know, it, it just it happens over time, yeah. you know, and then you make connections and you kind of, you know, 
it just progresses. And then, and then so, that one time you're around the person yeah. that, you know, you've never done heroin before. All you've ever done is pills. But then you're there that one day at that apartment or whatever where there is that one person that, that hey. has it. And you go, oh, shoot. You know, it was meth first. Did you do meth yeah. first? Meth, you, yeah. you snort meth, right? You smoke it or smoke it or snort, snort it or shoot it. Were you yeah. shooting meth too? Mm-hmm. And so, but you started by snorting it, I'm assuming, yeah? Yeah, and smoking it. Because yeah. co- it goes from coke usually then to meth, right? That's is that because meth is cheaper? Cheaper, and it's like a different kind of a crowd, I think, maybe that meth even, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so from meth. And then it went into two. So were you injecting meth before you did heroin or did you start? Kind of around the same time. Once you start using a needle, that's kind of like the most extreme way of using a drug. Yes. Right. That's it. That's That's the, you can't, it starts with snip, you know, snorting it, smoking smoking it, smoking it, shooting it. That's usually the progression. Mm -hmm. It is the progression. It is the progression. Because you can't get, that's the only way you can get higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, there was, the pills were going everywhere at really? that time everywhere remember you know like yeah. there was a pill epidemic yes throughout the united states oxycontin and yes, all these huge. you know so i knew a bunch of people that were selling pills and oxycontin was actually a, a pill that you could crush up and snort yes people you, know, you could smoke it you know on foil and stuff and so i was smoking it the oxycontin and then shooting the oxycontin wow and so yeah and then um it just progressed yeah it's really kind of hard to understand maybe for somebody that's obviously yeah you you hear about people getting you know but it's hard to even think about like you see a heroin addict down on the corner yeah and it's hard to think about that person like before that right or where did they start that's why i think it's like important for people to understand even with my story like i had a great foundation yeah which is one so i had a family that loved me i had sports i had a scholarship to college i had community and and coaches and you know all these things but i have an i have an addictive personality gene whatever the hell it is you know like people talk about the addict gene or you know i think for me there's also just like you know there's certain people that are wired a certain way that repeated use over of substances over a period of time just kind of rewires that you know your brain chemistry and so that's what it was for me like no it wasn't because i had trauma or you know, because that, that I grew up in a neighborhood where it was on every corner. It right. wasn't that. Yeah. It's like I found it. I searched it out. And I, people were trying to keep me, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. You had great influences oh, around you. Great. I, always. Always. Which is why this story is that much more powerful. Because there isn't this traumatic event that you went through that pushed you down this way. Mm-hmm. It was, you had a great, you know, this is such a, uh, an incredible story. So. So you remember being in an apartment and the heroin came out mm-hmm. and you're like, why not? Mm-hmm. And do you remember how that felt? Could you, could you remember how this went? We like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much as, as kind of like as powerful of a substance that you can do in that type of substance, right? Like yeah. in, in an opiate, you can either eat one Vicodin or you can eat five or 10 Vicodin or you can sniff an Oxycontin or you can, you know, smoke or shoot an Oxycontin or you can shoot heroin. That's yeah. pretty much the, like, yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole spectrum for opiates. Yeah. Right. And I'd been through the whole spectrum, starting with like 
taking Vicodins here and there as a freshman or sophomore in high yeah. school. But over an eight-year period, it just progressed, progressed, you know. And, and so that's junior was that junior year junior or senior year in, in college? In college. Mm -hmm. What happened to your wrestling at this point? This was the time where the, the whole kind of house of cards were starting to... Crumble. Yeah. Up until that point, I could go to practices, and I'd go so hard at practices yeah. that my... You know, it was like... And I would compete and do well, you know... Yeah. That those extracurricular activities that I was doing was obviously a detriment to my performance but it wasn't like people it wasn't like a glaring thing that yeah. all these people said whoa jeff's got an issue all my teammates knew that i partied more than all of them yep. i would be the only person out of all of them that would be searching out the guy that's got coke at the frat party you know yeah. out of my whole team right um and so it was my junior year in in college that you know it's like you can only the lifestyle caught it became from like a recreational thing to a daily thing to something that like just so it became consumed. daily became, oh yeah it became daily by the time i was like in, in junior in college and that's where i was using opiates or or you know and then and then you couldn't operate and practice and anymore. i would and then i started there were some things that were happening my junior ish in college i was missing practices i was you know picking at my face all the time because uh -huh. i was on meth and you know my coaches are going you know not in a these Division one college coaches are not, you know, really used to dealing with a yeah <laughs> an athlete that's a drug addict. Yeah, you know, that's a little bit more like, what do we do? Yeah, should we? So wow, yeah. Okay, so then when did it just spiral and just get even worse? So it, it started getting more and more worse during my junior year. I kind of f fell off the rails, but then you know, junior year ended in summer happens that like break between your junior and senior year and i came back to southern california to temecula and that's where just my my addiction just continued to you know get worse and um i tried going back up to college for my senior year and i still you know was functioning at a certain extent yeah keeping the charade up and doing everything behind everybody's back and but it got to a point after i went up there and started my school year and tried to go to practices and stuff that it like my coach knew and you he know knew. yeah so but they also knew junior year uh not not as not much. as much okay yeah so did they my say family and and team and coaches and stuff didn't know as much my junior year. it was more my senior year so when you left for junior year did mm -hmm. they say hey you know stay on track train hard this summer <laughs> yeah train hard train hard but not you know not really knowing what kind of Nobody really knew the, the the. So none of your friends on the wrestling team knew how bad it was. No, no, because so, you were hanging with guys outside the wrestling hanging, team. Yeah, I hung with my wrestling team all the time, but they didn't really understand. Nobody really understood. I don't even think me. Yeah, you know, because I was still trying to juggle all these things. You know, it's really like it caught up with me. Yeah, got the best of me. Yep. You know, I was able to function with it and. Yeah. You know, for so long and and do these things and be in these places that like, you know, hiding it and um but it just really caught up with me. And then so talk to me about when you came back between the middle of junior and senior year. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm going to ask this question because I've had the my friends that this happened to them where it got to the point where they weren't even social anymore. Yeah. Totally. Where they were literally in their own room. 
in my room, in the bathroom. Locked in the room. The parties, the girls, all the things that, like, you know, yeah. people, the social aspect of it had kind of gone. It was gone. Gone away. And you were now by yourself. Yeah. I mean, still trying to maintain that kind of the friendships and, yeah. and stuff like that, but, you know. By yourself, meaning you were d shooting up. Mm-hmm. In rooms by yourself. In the bathroom. In the by bathroom. Yourself, yeah. By yourself for yeah. hours. Yeah. And how long, like, were you staying up for days? How yes. were you sleeping? I had some terrible. My, my, Hallucinating? My yeah. Yeah, there had some. I had some. Sometimes that was kind of like when the wheel started to fall off. You know, I was on these benders and, you know, I remember my senior year in, in college. I'd been up for a couple days and I kind of had this you know, hallucination that I thought my parents were there outside my door, like doing an intervention on me. And I called my, my house. And, and so, yeah. So my mom and my sister got on a plane and flew up to Davis and this was senior year, my senior year. Yeah. yeah. They flew up and, yeah. and what said, Hey, yeah. Stayed with me a couple of days and tried to, you know, help me out. We, we so you were forced to Sleep. detox at that point. Yeah. That was kind of like, you know, still, it's like people are trying to help you, yeah. and, I, and then you're resisting the help, and yeah. you're saying, hey, I got this. Because like, you don't think you, know, you have a problem. Right. Oh, man, that was like, that was me for years. Years. Oh, yeah, when you're 21, 22, 23, 24, it's like, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just. I'm just partying. Partying, yeah. And so the, the point where you're like by yourself doing these, did you, so at that point, you're not even realizing that you have a problem or do you think oh maybe this is a problem i kind of had moments in really dark times where i felt like you know very you know there were when i was running and high and getting high it's like you don't think that yeah You're like but there were times where i had a couple low periods where i'm like you know i opened up to my wrestling coach and my wrestling coach's wife and my parents and and told him, I'm like, you know, I need help. And yeah. this was his yeah. junior year, senior, my senior, year. senior year, my senior year. Yeah. And I'm asking these questions, by the way, Jeff, mm -hmm. I appreciate you being very open about this. Absolutely. And I'm yeah. asking these questions because I've never, I've always wanted to know these answers, mm -hmm. um, the mentality and what's happening in your mind. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you even think like when you're in a room? Cause I remember, I'll never forget this back in the Pacific beach days. And mm -hmm. we had friends who would be like, Hey, where's so-and-so where's so-and-so? Oh, they're, they're in their room mm -hmm. and they'd go off to their room and you'd know that they were shooting heroin mm -hmm. and they just wouldn't come out and totally. they'd be by themselves. And I'm like, totally. what are they doing in there? Why don't they come out of here and party and have fun? Yeah. No. And they eventually would tell us, Hey, and literally for hours by themselves. Yeah. And that's when, you know, that's like the final frontier of totally. there's a major problem. Totally. And so do you do, so then, then when you said I need help, mm -hmm. Um, was that when they came out and flew out? Yeah. So my senior year, I, it was kind of like an intervention and me kind of knowing that like I was in a bad place yeah. and I needed help. So I reluctantly, but willingly went to rehab for the first time my senior year in college. Yeah. It was like, my wrestling coach was like, don't worry about wrestling. Don't worry about school. You know, him and my parents were in communication with each other. People that just, they didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. You know, right? My teammates had talked to my coach, you know. And when you see somebody struggling, 
everybody wants to help that person, right? Right. But that person, you know, it's and it's even hard to really kind of understand the mentality of that person that's addicted, right. Right? right? It's like, you know, I had some some periods of like acceptance and wanting help and understanding I have a problem, but then, you know, at the same time, like it, it just, I went off to rehab my senior year in college. I was 23 years old. Yeah. Still, I, that first time I went to treatment, I, I was there for a month and I got out and came back and it was a very short time before I was right back to. Right back to it. Yeah. You just, you know, you get back to feeling good and healthy, yeah, yeah, right? Think you're, okay, in cool. a very short period of time, the body and the mind bounce back. I mean, our, our bodies and minds are resilient. Yes. Like amazing, amazing. things because I've torn this body down to, you know, some really bad situations. Yeah, yeah. But you then, put you it know, to the test. A, yes. Up for a long period of time, low, no, you know, no food for a long period of time. Wow. You know, like just up. What was your longest time you spent up, like without sleep? You know, two or three nights. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three nights, yeah. And you wouldn't eat the whole time probably. Yeah, I mean, because you're you're on meth or whatever, you know? Yeah. But I mean, you know, you get back to feeling good and you're like, Hey, you know, like, and, and just at that point you're, you're so f the, the physi physiology and the psychology of addiction is just one that we will never like have a, 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 a rule book on how, yeah, here's how you fix it. And you keep saying this and I'm glad you do because you wouldn't think that a guy like you would ever go down this row, mm -hmm. down this mm -hmm. path. Mm -hmm. Great upbringing, great parents, mm -hmm. great coaches, mm -hmm. physically phenomenal, mm -hmm. great wrestler. So even someone like you, somehow, some way, for some reason, mm -hmm. and you couldn't stop. You went down the, till the literally till the the wheels came off. Oh yeah, and that was just the beginning of the. You came mm -hmm. back from rehab, mm -hmm. and you said with, within a, what a couple of days. Yeah, within a couple of days or did, a week, I was. Did you meet? Did you meet immediately seek out the big one, heroin? Immediately. Yeah, you I did. At that point, that was. You, you didn't even bother with anything else. No. Yeah. And so, do you remember that first one when you came back? Can you remember? You know, there like, were so many. That whole uh, kind of from that whole period of my life. Yeah. I want to say like twenty-two to twenty-nine. Yeah. There was it was some so much of like a blur yeah. almost because there was a lot of drugs you know up and downs with yeah. that and periods of sobriety and stints at rehab and stints in jail and and all this so that it's like it's hard to go back to like that one time that yeah. I got yeah and and really remember the the thought process or the but it, I will tell you like when you're in active addiction or when you you know when your mind is hijacked by that yeah drug or you know it was you know even at times where I, i'd go to rehab get out have a couple months of sobriety the family gets all hopeful you know i'm feeling good i'm telling people that i'm you know wanting to change and i'm believing it like yes. i believe it myself 100 percent. you yep. know yep. and then you go back to to doing it it's it's just like that thought process or what's going on it's just like the addict does not have the power over that choice. Wow. And so, okay, so you come back and then so clearly from what you just mentioned, this now 
how long did that last before you went back to rehab or what happened with something what what happened at that one so i graduated college barely you know i yeah that was my went back up to school continued. after you got sober I, after i went to rehab rehab my first rehab yep my senior year in college and went back up and and it wasn't long before i was using again but i would Barely graduated and then came back down to Southern California to Temecula where my parents lived. But, you know, a lot of the, the friends and circles that I ran in, in, in Temecula at that time, it was like everybody was using. Yeah, everybody. So I went right Everybody's back. using heroin. Pills. Name it. Coke, meth, heroin. It was kind of <sighs> like, yeah, all my friends were. And it was just a daily kind of deal. Like, where are we getting it? Who's got it? Yeah. <laughs> How are we going to get it? Who's got the money? How are we getting the money? Just a, that's... Yeah, so I moved home from college, and yeah. you know that's where the, you know, the wheels really came off because that that up to that point I had like school and sports yeah. and like wrestling was a big structure. big part of my identity, and you know, all that kind of came to an end right as my addiction went off the yeah off the rails. So what happened? Like, how did it go off further off the rails? So then it was just a period of time that I, it's it's really like I'd have to go back and map out my those years of my life yeah like 23 to 28 yeah it was a dark dark time for me and my family and, yeah. and you were living at home right living at home yeah were you just not coming home sometimes oh yeah i'd be out for a couple of days and nobody could find you yeah be out for a couple of days nobody could find did me did you have a phone at that point to, yeah i'm assuming i did or You're maybe assuming. i didn't <laughs> i mean uh, yeah and then, and then how long, like, were you back in rehab again? Like, mm -hmm. give me the whole, if you can brush by that. I can give you. Cause this is a long time, dude. Yeah, that's, no. that's five, six years. Five, six years. Man. In and out of jail and rehab. So what, how'd you get to jail? Got arrested with, with drugs on, on me a couple times. One was for residential burglary. And so. So it, my addiction put me to a point where I was, that was my soul purpose of every day was to get high getting drugs and how i was going to get them right yeah and when i got to the point where you know the the, the the circles i was running in and the stuff that we did to get those drugs it was not yeah you weren't working jobs no none of us were working i was you were hustling just... selling drugs robbing drug dealers robbing houses so you were robbing drug dealers mm-hmm like like for their money and or their drugs, drugs both and then you were breaking into houses mm -hmm. oh man and all your whole crew was doing the same thing a lot of the people i ran with yeah 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 just to get the neck to be able mm -hmm. to get high yeah yeah there were some forks in my road yeah. in my life in my 20s in those in that time period that you know, the fact that I'm here today having this conversation yeah. and retelling and reflecting, it's, you know, on this day, if this happened, I'm dead. If this day this happened, I'm in prison for 10 years Yeah. or whatever. So, um, give me some yeah. examples. Like what happened? Like you just averted. Yeah. So, I mean, um, like did you OD ever? I OD'd multiple times. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. I got woken up by the paramedics, you know, with Narcan uh, a couple times. One time I was at a, a house up in Hemet, um, and I OD'd, started turning purple, 
people in the house didn't want to call 911 because it was yeah. everybody's they don't want the cops <laughs> yeah but my friend who was with me that day called 911 and you know the paramedics revived me and that friend of mine passed away he did yeah from drugs mm -hmm. how long after that years after yeah. while i was working at the gym you know this is i've lost a lot of friends from that kind of period of my life you know people that i knew it's at this age now i'm you know 38 and some of those people that i ran with you know and so um yeah that per that period of my life it was like I, I i spent about a year in jail total you know two, how months, often, two how months here four months here but you know like those even those experiences the, the time i spent in jail with other other people that had other upbringings than me you know, they were guys that grew up on the streets where all their uncles were in prison and, they, you know, like yeah. complete opposite lifestyle of me, right? Yeah. Upbringing. Upbringing, yeah. yeah. That gave me a lot of, you know, insight on life. Like, you know, like these guys didn't have a chance. Right. You know, and they, they, were, were, in, they, were, they were in jail for attempted murder or something, you know, like there were people like that that I, you know, met and connected with in, in jail and, and rehab, you know, all the rehabs I went to and... So, you know, that period of my life was a, you know, hell for my family, you know, my parents. Yeah. I'll they're bet. like trying anything to save their kid. You know, here I am like, this is like Johnny. I don't want to get yes. like personal. But, yes. You know, like this is like Johnny going, going off to middle school and then meeting yeah. some friends and in high school starting, yeah. you know, playing sports, getting a little bit of trouble, trying this, trying that. Yeah. And then it's like your baby grows up and then. Now he's like killing himself. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's 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 inconceivable. It's inconceivable, kind of like the torture for that I put my parents through. You know, and I, you know, I have insight on that now with yeah. with sobriety and and you know being through the experiences that I've been through on you know what that did to my family and to my to my wife. You know, I, when did you meet your wife? My wife was, I was 28-ish, so okay. kind of like at the end, the, the second, the latter part of my, those really terrible years Yeah, was when I met my wife. When you met her. When I met and her. And so prior to that, but 23, 24, 25. up to 28, you'd been in jail three, four times. Half a dozen times. Half a dozen times. Was it always for breaking an entry? It was always for possession or, or, or possession of stolen property or, or I got a residential burglary. DOI. Why didn't you go away longer? Because weren't the three strike rule going on where you were just, then they put you away for a while? No. no? So the three strike rule is, um, is not for just regular felonies. Okay. Like, I have three felonies on my record. That's not, you know, yeah. it's like violent or, you know, like, so. Got I mean, it. Okay. Yeah. It's it. not, um, but I do, it's, it's the three strikes. It's not, it's a three strike rule. Yeah. I do have a strike on my record. You do. From that residential burglary charge. Cause that's like the bottom of the yeah. serious family. It. It's like residential burglary, home invasion, assault, you know, like all the, those are strikes. That's right. The three strike rule. Got it. So I have one strike on my record <laughs> from, yeah, a residential burglary that, you know, I was like at a gas station and had a truck full of stolen stuff and I was nodding out at the counter and the counter lady called the cops and I went back out to my truck and the next thing I know cops are there. And so how, and how many other times did you OD? You said a few times. I got some, 
um, yeah. And so there, there's a, a couple times I OD'd. Yeah. And got, you know, could have been dead at, you know, many times. Anytime you're injecting drugs, you're playing with fire. Now, t today with fentanyl, it's like, it's like playing Russian roulette. Yes, because things are being laced with fentanyl. Yep. You're done. Yep. And so there, um, there were a couple times I overdosed. There were a couple times, like, one time I was, I had already gotten that, gotten to jail for that residential burglary, had a strike. I went to rehab for my sentence instead of prison. I got a opportunity through the judge, and I had my parents helping me with an attorney and stuff like that, you know, or I, a lot of people don't get that right. kind of help and support when they're going through these kind of things, yeah. right? And so, um, uh, you know, there was a time I was inside a house and the guy came home while I was inside his house. And I remember seeing pictures all over the walls like a Marine. Oh, boy. And I went to the top of the stairs, tried to get out the front door with a bag, and he took off chase after me. And I ran down the street and got away and I had left my truck right in front of the house. So that time, if the, he called the cops, the cops came and my friend had ended up walking from the other direction and taking my truck away from the house Yeah. Um, in a really kind of covert way while the guy was sitting out there on the phone. But, you know, that was another time. Like if I would have gotten in trouble for that that yeah. time, yeah. I would have been in prison for 15 years or something, you know. Wow. Yeah, that would have been like a... Even worse, bro, day. a Marine's home, you know he's got guns. Oh, yeah. There's, that's what I'm saying. There's so many times in my life that somebody was looking out for me or... Your guardian angel. Yeah. You know, and... Or... Yeah, it's kind of hard to... You know. <sighs> Man. Yeah, because, I mean, a Marine's house, bro, mm -hmm. he's got guns. There's no question about that. You know, you could have been blown away on the spot. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and, and then, do you remember, like, each time that you OD, do you remember these instances or no? I do remember them, yeah. You, you know, you I, remember, I, I remember it happening. I don't remember the whole thing because yeah. it's such a, you know, you're... But, yeah, I remember them. I remember being woken up by the paramedics and going to the hospital. And... So each time you remember being woken up by, like, paramedics because mm -hmm. they... They did the Narcan. The Narcan. Mm -hmm. Wow! And then when those when those happened, did that spark you to go into rehab again each time? See, or? this is what I'm saying. Like when you're addicted to drugs, yeah, you cannot sit there with a heroin addict and tell him like, "Listen, if you don't stop using heroin, you could die." That's why it's like, and that I don't care how good of a person that guy that person is, or. Yeah. You know, and that's why, like, addiction is mm. is such a nasty disease. It's like the devil has just hijacked yeah. your brain, your person, your body, that, your that whole person, everything. That's why it's like even those those people out there that, like, obviously, like, yeah, they're, it's, they're being terrible parents or whatever, but it's like the parent that, like, you're getting... The court tells you, hey, if you fail one more drug test, your kids are getting taken away from you. That mom loves her kids. Yeah. You know, like, but that drug is more powerful than any anything choice that she has or, you know. So there's a lot of really good people out there. There's a lot of good parents. There's a lot of, you know, you can't scare somebody into sobriety. Right. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your kids. You're going to die. You're Doesn't gonna... mean anything. Mm -mm. Nothing. 
Okay, so you met your wife at 28. Yep. Talk to me about that. Well, my wife, she's a, she's a special lady. I'll bet. And uh, her and my sister became like best friends in college mm. here at uh, Point Loma. Point Loma Nazarene. Yeah. We went to school together there. And she moved in with my, my wife. My sister moved in with Sam, my wife, uh, after college at a condo here in Scripps Ranch. No kidding. And, um, and so, um, yeah, my wife moved in with my, I mean, my sister moved in with my wife. And at that time I was going through some really, these times I was going through these times. So I was the brother that my wife heard my sister always talking about like, Oh my, you know, my, me and my, my sister are like this. Yeah. Told you how close we are. Yep. So my sister was, you know, struggling with my struggles and Sam witnessed that and heard about me and yeah. always knew about what was kind of going on with me. So um, she knew that I had some struggles, and but she was, and she, my sister was her best friend, and she had met my parents and fell in love with my parents and stuff. And so that was the time that she came up to Temecula to visit my parents and uh, visit my sister at our house in Temecula. And she came up there, and I was on house arrest. I had an anklet on my, you know, ankle brace on, ankle bracelet on, and I looked terrible. I was like 130 pounds, and and that was like one of the first times we met. Wow. And um, you know, my wife. What what, what happened in the meeting? What, hey, how are you? Well, I mean, she came to visit my parents at, and my family. Now, if you're, now if you, sorry, I'm gonna yeah. break in real quick. Yeah. So if you're on house arrest. Yes. You're not doing drugs now, or did you still throw that away? You still throw that away? Yeah. Were you leaving the house? Yeah, or getting it brought there. I mean, you still I mean, figure yeah. it out a way. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Because so, with the anklet, can you leave the house? What it's, happens? It was like a seven to th- seven a.m. to three p.m. type deal. I can't. I can't even remember. Yeah. But yeah. So you were able to get out. Oh yeah. And you were still doing it. Yeah. Or even if I wasn't leaving, I don't. I was still doing it. Yeah. At the house. Yep. If your parents didn't know. I mean, they knew, but they can't stop. You know, it's yeah. like one of those things. It's. It's hard to explain, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So Sam comes in. Mm-hmm. You meet. Do you remember yep. this meeting? Yeah, I do remember that. Tell me about that it. That conversation. So it was uh, me and my sister were close, and obviously my, my family all wanted me to get better. And Did she come to specifically meet you, by the way? No, she came to visit my sister Okay. and my parents. Got it. I happened to be there because I was wow. on yeah. house arrest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just happened to be there, and uh, I remember we had a conversation in my in my kitchen up in Temecula, me, my sister, and and Sam, talking about life and you know, and you know we we all ended up in tears. Mm-hmm. I think all three of us just because it was like her and my sister talking to me about you know how can they help and what's going on and so that was kind of one of our first meetings and that led us to <clears throat> kind of exchange some contact information and stuff and so um all right so where to go from there so sam was not i think at all attracted to me like oh this guy's even <laughs> yeah you know the the bad boy older brother or anything it was like you know my wife has a she has that heart that she she's a social worker, yeah. 
she's you know seen addiction in her family mm. she's at that point know, she'd already seen it too mm -hmm. okay she, it, it had been in her in her family you know and so she's seen it she's seen addiction firsthand she worked in group homes and cps and so she's that person that's wants to help people always yeah and here i was her best friend's older brother and she just said hey you know like we should hang out sometime you know we should go on a hike or you know it wasn't anything like hey yeah. we should go on a date it yeah. was like you know we should hang out sometime kind of deal and so we exchanged contact information or something but shortly after that i got arrested again i don't remember what for i mean like i and said at this these point things, you had an anklet on still yeah so I don't even remember what that time was yeah. I was arrested for. But I remember going back to jail. When I got in jail, talking to my sister on the phone, I said, hey, can you get me Sam's contact information, phone number? Yeah. And so that's kind of like the first communication that me and my wife had yeah. was when I was in jail, I reached out to her and we started this you know, phone and, and letter correspondence. And she'd come to visit me up in up in uh how, how long were you in jail at this point that was like three months three months mm -hmm. so you you called her right away within the first couple days first week or something yeah. first week yeah would you say hey yeah <laughs> how are you i mean guess where i'm at yeah something like that you know when you're in jail you want you you know you want to talk to the people that you know are in your corner sort of because deal. when you go to jail yeah. you have to detox oh yeah how brutal was that terrible I've terrible multiple times yeah puking sweating cold, yeah it's like having the flu and you're in a cold cell on a cot you know just did, yeah. did you have roommates cellies uh, cellies yeah. <laughs> and did they, knew, they knew that you're going oh yeah through? everybody knows kind of when somebody comes in like that yeah do you remember what like was there support or did you ever have any problems in jail no i mean i saw a lot of crazy stuff you know riots and fights and really there's all the racial stuff going on which is just it's crazy, you know, like that's, that's real. A that's it's a real. real thing, right? When you go into jail, yeah. each race does not. They don't mingle. No. And not you, at all. No, it's very, yeah. It's a nasty place, dude. Wow. Yeah. I learned a lot of, I grew up real quick, you know, as a 23-year-old kid. Did you have to defend yourself? Oh, yeah. Like I I saw my celly get stabbed in the face with a toothbrush. Oof. You know, like. Wow. Did you do well because you were a wrestler? Like I always wrestler? could carry myself in any situation yeah. I was in. Well, I think just, you know, personality yeah. and, you know, I always could. But, yeah, it's definitely, I think, you know, I think some of those. But even, like, for example, my celly that I had for, like, three months at one time, he was in there for murder. And, you know, just meeting him and understanding his path and the circumstances that led to that situation and everything you know like there's always drugs involved and yeah it's and and the other people i met in jail at different times like i said it was like you know there was another 23 year old kid in there a uh, hispanic guy that you know was from like escondido and i just remember he told me like you're in college or you you went to college like what's that like you know like he had been in and out of you know juvenile detention and jail since he was 13 he hadn't spent more than six months on the street wow you know wow. so wow. i definitely had what do you what do you think that the the, the jail time that you did mm -hmm. what do you say you took from that what's the biggest lesson or the biggest 
take takeaway that you got from it like like yeah. you said you learned like mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't even get the chance that i have totally like what did you take away what, what what's how did that the biggest thing i think would probably be like compassion mm. or empathy you know like non-judging of that person that's you know in there for whatever you know that's you don't know that yeah that story that circumstance their upbringing their childhood their whatever you know and people also are human and we're human as humans are like what happened with me like i became a really terrible person that like did a bunch of messed up stuff but that wasn't me yeah you know if i was labeled that for the rest of my life for some of the things i did yeah you know like but it wasn't me doing those things you know i was i was you know so i think me you know seeing those things you know seeing that oh man it's a it's a it's a place that's filled with just hate you know like that 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 racial tension and then the 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 corrections officers and it's like it's a tough deal because you see why like you know the rehabilitation it's hard to once you're in there yeah you don't like go in there and then kind of go okay we're going to get better you know like it's not a place set up for rehabilitation right and bringing out that like the person that you really are yeah it's like you go in there and you're labeled and you know shit on and you know and society it's just makes it tougher to kind of you know it's like i i was lucky like I had felonies and, you know, stuff and, and, but I had every resource in the world coming out and every time to help me get back on my feet. I had a freaking army of people always my whole life trying to help me. And and most people don't have that. No, most people don't have family, support, education, upbringing, community, leaders, mentors. They don't. Yeah. They they almost have no chance to, to get back. Yeah to make their comeback or to get off right man so like i i get a little not like not modest about my comeback because like you know i'm living the life that i was taught how to live today yep so it's great that i did you know overcome those things that i went through but you know like the my real compassion and empathy and stuff goes to the you know the people that like these in these underserved communities that don't have that you know where the drugs are everywhere and their family units are there's separated destroyed yeah there's not there there isn't even one mm -hmm. okay so get back to wifey here Mm -hmm. you call her from the jail cell Mm -hmm. where did this go how did this how did this how did this go so this this began a um a friendship you know of writing letters and phone calls and she's just such a friendly like sweet person and and somebody who you know i i could connect with outside of my family that you know was a a nice nice girl and it's kind of going you know i wonder why this you know my my sister's friend (laughs) sam is has any interest in kind of you know so that she would come up to visit me like after a couple of weeks of us communicating over the phone and stuff, she's like, Hey, I'll come visit you. And you know, she'd come up and visit me behind the glass. And, and so we, that was the first time in, and I was sober, you know, yeah. and, and like this person is coming out, you yeah. know, I'm looking healthier and, yeah. and being more of myself and stuff. So, you know, her and I kind of got to know each other in those couple months 
through letters, phone calls, and visits in jail. And then, okay. That's why when people ask us at a dinner party, how did you guys meet? <laughs> I go, <laughs> well, <laughs> where, where you do we You sure you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> I give her the look and go, should we say, you know, do we give them the real answer or do we just say, do oh. Do you tell the story? Like, <laughs> no, how do you I don't go there. I mean, it depends who the people are, but, um, you know. Like, how do you sum like, that up? <laughs> you can't. Yeah. It's like, you know, she's my sister's best friend from college. That's the, you, that's, you literally that's the keep thumbs it, up. <laughs> that's, no, but. You sometimes. keep it that vague? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, all of our friends and people, people know, like, you know. All right. All right. Yeah, all right. So, yeah. so, so you get out. What happened? Did you did you immediately hang out with her? Yeah. Okay, tell me. Immediately. Give it to me. That actually, literally that night I got out, I called her, and she drove up from San Diego, and we hung out in Temecula, and that was kind of the first time that we hung out. Yeah. And there was like, hey, like, I'm feeling a like a connection with her. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Now, that being said, that was the beginning of our relationship, yeah. I would say, where, yeah. you know, we started dating then, and, mm-hmm. you know, let me interject real quick mm-hmm. prior to this because we didn't talk about it. Did you have any girlfriends along the way or nothing? I was a, in high school. I got voted biggest flirt. Oh, God. I was like terrible. I mean, yeah. I was great. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, I yeah. Yeah. I love. I had girlfriends and yeah. always, <laughs> I mean, biggest flirt. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I had okay. a lot of girlfriends and stuff like that. But as the drugs became my yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. By the time I was in high school, I mean, college. off in college, it was like. That's it. That's it. Drugs yeah. were the priority. Yeah. All right. So wifey, mm-hmm. you had an attraction. Mm-hmm. Talk to me from there. Yep. So um, we started dating and, um, you know, she was somebody who I was like, man. Did you get back on the stuff? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Immediately? We didn't. It, we had nothing of the like, oh, we met and she, you know, and then I got my act together and no, it was a very, very rough road for us mm. the first two to three years. Wow. Okay, tell me. Because she, I, I, it was the same song and dance with her and my family that, that time I got out. It was like a little bit of a hope. Jeff's doing better. He's sober, you know. But in a short period of time, I was back to, you know, using again behind people's backs and, and doing that thing. And so she went through a two- or three-year period with me where it was, you know, we went through some very very challenging and you were just dating at this point yes we were dating at this point and i i went to rehab again up in riverside um while we were dating and after i got out of rehab that time she said hey if we're gonna make this work we're gonna try this you need i want you to move down to san diego with me get out of your hometown get away from old people places and things and move down here and let's try and start how many years in was this this was like two years into us. Okay, dating. when she said, hey. Yeah. Yeah. How was she yeah. reacting the whole time, knowing that you're still doing stuff? It was terrible. It was like broke her heart, pissed her off, like just the worst. It was like, you know, that's the time of your life when in a dating relationship. Yeah. It's like, you should know, be the best. The honeymoon. Like, the honeymoon. Yeah. No, we went, there was a little tiny bit of honeymoon, like days or months, and then a lot of really terrible stuff with lying and, you know, really, you know, crushing her, you know, and did you go back to jail again or anything? I didn't go back to jail, but I went to, I went to rehab in Riverside, yep. then moved down to San Diego and then had a little bit of sobriety. 
put about a year of sobriety together. Okay. And then I relapsed again. I went back to treatment my my last time. So you started doing um, using down here. Mm-hmm. So how'd you find the contacts down here? You know, when you have been yeah using and hanging around people that use for so long, it doesn't take much to like see it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Seek it out. Yeah. I'd actually was, I'd been working at Fitness Quest 10. Really? Yeah. For a year. For a year. Had a year of sobriety. I was working the front desk. And Sam and I were dating. And for the first time in my life, that was the longest period of sobriety. People were, my family. Ecstatic. Oh, family is ecstatic. Sam is encouraged and excited, you know, that I, and that I found Fitness Quest 10. Yeah. Because that was a God shot to me. Yes. I, I came down here to San Diego. I got a job at selling real estate websites at a company, you know, like, um, you know, phone sales. Then I left that company to go work at Ashford University with some people that were going to work over there. Yep. And I lied on the application mm, about no my felonies. background, no felonies, and I got hired. And so I was like, okay, like, I don't know how that happened. But. And so I quit my other job, started working at Ashford. Two weeks into it, the HR department called me and let me go. Mm which led me to find the Craigslist ad for director of first impression at Fitness Quest 10. Really? Yeah. Craigslist ad? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I went to work at Fitness Quest 10, started doing well there. and uh, So you're sober just, at this point? Yeah. Six months sober or so. Who, who did you meet Todd right away? Yeah. I went in. I mean, I got. I went in and, and met Todd and Julie, the general manager at the time, and, and just was like, you know, the the energy and the the community there was immediately yeah. like, whoa, Amazing. this place is awesome. Yeah. You know, and so I I uh I I I got a job there at the front desk and started working for about six months and and and, and had an idea of like, hey, this is what I want to do with for my career. I want to become a trainer. Yeah. And had some hope and some my family had some hope and Sam had some hope and things were going really the best they had in, in a decade. Right. Yeah. Or in the better part of a decade. Yeah. And then uh, my wife, we were, you know, dating at the time, but she got into a grad program in Columbia, New York. Mm. And she's like, hey, I really want to go do this program in New York. You've been doing really good. You know, keep keep doing your thing at Fitness Quest 10. I'm going to go to New York. We'll do the long distance. And uh, shortly after she left, I relapsed. Wow. Mm-hmm. How how long after she left? You think? Within a month. Within a month. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then did it just get extreme right away? Did you did you hide kind it? Kind of. It wasn't it that time. It wasn't as extreme as maybe it had been in the past yeah. with the amount or just how I was using it and everything like that. I kind of was hiding it. I mean, yeah. people at work didn't know, but I was using every day, and you know, I was hiding it from Sam, even though she was across yeah. the country. But it all came to a head. and uh, How did it come to a head? She caught me on Christmas Eve at the family. So she came back? She came back from Christmas. She said, hey, she immediately thought I had been using. When, when she came back? When she came back. She could tell? Uh-huh. She always could tell. Yeah, of know, course. Family, families, yeah, course. and spouses, they can always tell. But as an addict, you lie through your teeth and you convince them that they're crazy. 
yeah. that they're wrong and that you're not using. And, and yep. then they start questioning their whole, and like, am I really like accusing him of something he's not doing? You know, so it's just like, that's the pattern. Alcoholics and addicts, that's what yeah. we do. We lie and convince other people that, you know, so that's what I did. And, you know, but, and then she caught me using on Christmas Eve at our family so Christmas Eve, where were you? Whose house? My uncle's house here. Uncle's house. In Del Mar, and, yeah. And Del Mar, and what, you were in the bathroom? Were we... uh -huh, I was in the bathroom smoking heroin. Smoking heroin. Mm-hmm. But you weren't shooting up at this point, or no, you were shooting I never, up? I didn't go back to shooting up. On you this never last, went back to shooting up? On this last. But she walked in on me. Like, I thought I had locked the door. It was, again, like, you know, thank God did, she did. Didn't you, didn't you think that somebody's going to smell it? I mean... <laughs> I was hiding it from everyone at that point. Yeah. Know? I mean, that's how. And, and so she walked in she on you. She walked in on me, yeah. What, what happened then? Um, just terrible, you know. Just she pissed. broke down. Oh, yeah. pissed, doesn't even describe. Crushed her. Ended the whole party or the whole holiday. So the whole house knew? The whole house, yeah. She walked out, went straight and told, talked to my sister and my parents and just ended the whole holiday that is one of many many examples of the kind of things that an, an addict in the family yeah how it just the ripple effects it's like it ruins everybody's yeah day holiday yep year i drained my parents financially and emotionally and physically for you know because of all you know just yeah this happening over and over again you know and so then the holiday party just that just ended ended did she take you out of there what yeah we went back to my house she called her dad he drove out from vegas the next morning she called todd told todd so i was working at fitness quest yeah. 10 for todd and what how did todd react todd knew prior that you had stuff oh, going, yeah. right i was very upfront with him from the beginning yeah you know about my background and why if he did a background check there might be some things on there that you know yeah but i'm sober now and this was a life from before and so um you know he it's again todd was an example of like similar to like my college wrestling coach yeah it's like okay like i want to i love i love this kid i, I want to help him he's got a a lot of potential and, yeah. and we all love him. And so, but it was still, that was another contract. <laughs> I went on a contract with Todd Yeah, at fitness quest 10. After so that, he said, yeah. After Sam told him that I had been using again, I was like, Jeff, I love you. We support you, but you can't be using drugs and working here. So like, I'm going to let's line out an agreement. I will not use drugs. I'll go to meetings. I'll have a sponsor. I'll take drug tests. Da, 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 da. And I signed that and continue to work. And my wife tried to go back to New York for grad school and the family was trying to all keep me off, but I could never stop using on my own by weaning off or at home yeah. or every time I physically, every time I've stopped using and there were many, was when I was put into an institution, jail or rehab, where it's like the my powers are taken away from me. Yeah. I've never been able to stop on my own. At that point? Just in general, any of the times that I stopped <sighs> using. It's never because I... 
And so you because sign. Because the, the things I used, you know, with, with opiates and stuff, it's like you're physically addicted to it. Yeah. You know, like. And so after you signed the contract with Todd, mm-hmm. you started up again. Mm-hmm. How long after that? I lasted like January, February. February 10th, 2013, I went off to treatment. About a month. February 9th, yeah. It's my sobriety date. It's February 10th, 2013. 2013. Yeah. And did wifey come back at all and visit and find out? She or? finished up her program in New York at that point. We were very... That was like I almost lost her. I almost lost my job at Fitness Quest 10. You know, that was like the first time in my life that I had some really good things... Yeah. right in front of me i mean not the first time in my life right. but, but you know really like, like i had some sobriety i had a year of sobriety i had a career kind of sitting in front of me i had a, a amazing woman in my life you know and you know i almost lost it all okay so you signed the contract with him mm-hmm. you started using again mm-hmm. did you you were just smoking this time you, mm-hmm. you said you were not shooting up again mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so how did that come to surface then? Like that you were, that you went back to rehab, right? Mm-hmm. He obviously found out about that. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened there with, with did Todd say that's it? I mean, obviously <laughs> no, I mean, it, it got to a point where it's like, you know, it, it still wasn't like, that's it. He said, Jeff, we love you. Don't worry about your job. You need to help. You need help. Yeah. You need to go away and get some help. Like, and I had an opportunity to go to treatment. And so I went to rehab. This is 13. This is 2013, yeah. Okay, so what happened after that? So I went to treatment, and I was there for three What's treatment, by the way, 30 days? I mean, it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. can be six months or a year even in some longer places. What's the most you spent at one? Six months. Six months? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which which, which times were six months? That was the Salvation Army. That was a court-ordered program. You know, six months. Six Holy months. cow! Yeah, was this one in thirteen? How long was this one? The, uh, this one in thirteen was ninety days. Ninety days, three months. Yeah, and so just, I went away in February, two thousand thirteen. All my coworkers at Fitness Quest Ten, they didn't. You know, I'd gotten really skinny. They couldn't really tell because it happened over a period of yeah, time. Yeah. But I went away to treatment. Came back ninety days later, like in June, April, May, June. It was like whoa. Yeah. You know, they could tell. And so, okay, so 90 days there. Mm-hmm. And then Todd said, go get help. Mm-hmm. When you get help, you can come back. Yep, you your say job that? will be here when you get back. Okay. Yep. When you came back, what happened? And, you know, that was kind of like, that last time in treatment, I was 29 years old. I had, you know, been in and out of treatment and rehab and in jail all my whole 20s. So when I got back, I just... You know, people ask me, like, what happened or how, I, I don't know. You know, yeah. there, it's, it's hard. You can't say this one incident, this one instance or that one yeah. time in rehab or this. It was just, I, 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 I have no idea why, but that time I came out, I came out and I've stayed sober since then. Since and, then. Uh-huh. Have you had a sponsor the whole time? Mm-hmm. And it's what, N.A., Narcotics Anonymous? A.A. A.A. Mm-hmm. But I've been done N.A., A.A. Everything. Mm-hmm. How often do you go to meetings? Right now, this period of my life is probably the time that I, I mean, it's been the time of my nine years of sobriety that I go to the least amount of meetings. Yeah. 
you know, once a week, once every other week. Yeah. There were times in the beginning where I was going, you know, every day or a lot, you know. Yeah. In the first couple of years right now, it's like, you know, kid, work. Um, All right. So get, go back to when you came back to Fitness Quest 10 after the 90-day stint. Mm -hmm. They welcomed you back with open arms. Yeah. Wifey. I mean, just girlfriend. Yeah. She's just your girlfriend yeah. at this point. Girlfriend at that point. Um, Tell me about the progression at that point. Like, it just the, the switch flipped. You can't even explain it. Yeah, no, it was like there wasn't like you know. Anytime, it's never just like you come back and wifey's like, okay, great. He's, you know, the family. You know, it's like there had been so many other times prior to that that everybody's hopes were up, and that you know, but. That last time that I got out, I I, I I came I came back to work at Fitness Quest Ten, and um, it was a slow repair of my relationship. You know, yeah. In those first two three years that we were together before we got married, we went through all this really tough, tough, terrible things. You know, yeah. Or like I had lied, and we, you know, you know those kind of things that you don't go through in your first two to three years. Of yeah. It's like you know, we went through a lot of that. And, um, I think that, you know, gave us a different type of a foundation for our marriage going into our, our marriage of, you know, we'd been through some tough, challenging times and, you know, with, with fitness quest 10, that community there, that, that community has been a big part of, it was like, you know, one of the pieces of the puzzle that has led to my, I think being able to get sober and stay sober yeah that community there you yeah. know having a uh, a mentor and and a boss like todd yeah you know who's you know he's yeah. just this phenomenal know, he's a phenomenal guy he's a he's motivational a, he's a special speaker guy. just inspirational guy yeah he's a great guy he cares mm -hmm. he's passionate mm -hmm. he inspires yeah he's 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 a godsend yeah as you would, as we would say, Amen. Yeah. Sent from God, uh, serving the kingdom, building the kingdom. He's mm -hmm. a, he's a great guy. Yeah, so glad I got to meet him, and I can't I can't wait to connect further with him too. Yeah. I really yeah. can't. Yeah. All right, so keep going. So took a little while. Well, you came back. So how long were you back before? Was there a proposal coming up here? Yeah. Give me this. So there was a proposal, and actually that proposal had happened prior to my relapse. Really? Yeah. So we were engaged when that relapse happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that was kind of uh, yeah. Okay, so tell me about that. So the re the 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 how was the proposal? Was it? It was it was a, it was a time that she had flown back from New York, but it was a time that I was still using. Yeah, you know. So, yep. it's like our proposal has always kind of been. You're not you're not proud of it. No, yeah, not proud of it. You know, it was a time where I was trying to stop yeah. using like I had done so many times before in the past and yeah. hiding it from her and everybody I worked with and my family and, and stuff. So that's not, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, so then, so then you relapsed and then afterwards when you came out, so it, I mean, cause like you said, you, you had so many times where people got the hopes up. Yep. When did she realize, okay, this is sticking at this point? Well, I came back and, and went back to work at Fitness Quest 10 and I just kind of had this renewed sense of like, all right, you know, I'm 29 years old. I've been doing this, you know, this cycle yeah. 
for years, killing myself, years. killing my family, almost 10 years. My friends at the time had built up families and careers. And, and so it was like, I got out and I said, you know what, I'm going to get my training certification and I'm going to, I'm going to get training and I'm going to, and that's kind of what I did. I went, I jumped in head first on my career and, um, you know, the community at Fitness Quest 10, my teammates, the other trainers and coaches that I work with, and uh, the broader community with Todd and the fitness, you know, the, the people in the fitness industry that are connected to Fitness Quest 10 through Todd and his mastermind have always been, like, people that inspire me. And, you know, it's a place that we all kind of, like, you know, are lifting each other up and we're trying to change, you know. Yeah. Here I went from this guy that was in and out of jail and rehab to, like, becoming a trainer where I'm working with, like, people like yourself that's, yeah. like, a business guy or an athlete or family man or whatever and i'm trying to like coach them on how to yeah you know so it was it was a complete transformation for me but it was the best thing for me like going headfirst into that kind of a lifestyle yeah becoming a trainer absolutely and the greatest thing about that is that i had a a background in fitness so or in athletics so i understood like what it felt like to be to feel good and to be physically yeah. active and stuff like that. So becoming a trainer was a natural fit for me. And it was, you know, kind of crazy that I was, you know, at one point in my life addicted to drugs. And now I'm like coaching people on how to live their healthiest life. <laughs> right? It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. It is crazy. And but so, it was the best thing for me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll so, say. Yeah. So when, how how long after the when you that you came back from rehab mm-hmm. did you actually get married, or did you start talking about, hey, can we actually get married now? Did it you was a period about? of time where that trust and yeah, know, of course, had to be rebuilt. Had to be rebuilt, repair. You know, but it was like as the, as the months, the days turn into months, and the months turn into years. You know, there was yeah. a couple years. I had a couple years of sobriety. My sponsor officiated my wedding. Wow. Yeah. So no I rebuilt kidding. that trust. And, you know, it's a, it's repairing relationships and, and rebuilding trust is just like, you know, it's it's time and action, you know, action, living, you know, li- living that, that lifestyle, yeah. you know. And, um, and so I think that, you know, we, we started to build our foundation for our relationship and for our marriage and that in that in those first couple years there in my sobriety yeah you know was it a little rocky going or 100 percent. yeah still to this day there's you know obviously it's like but yeah those those time periods of me lying and yeah you know just it's it it's hard to you know that that's damage to your relationships you know my parents like you know I, I've spent a lot of time like repairing those relationships, but, and have you gone through like the, the 12 step program mm-hmm. then? Yep. Yeah. I've, I've been through the st- 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and I've had a sponsor and I've been to a lot of meetings and I've been, you know, connected with recovery ever since I got sober and, and, you know, through my, my community and my, my job, my career, thankfully, like I'm in the position where I get to be of service to yeah. a lot of people on a regular right. basis. I get to like work with that mom or dad, that kid's struggling, whose yeah. kid's struggling. Yeah. I get to have that client that is struggling with something themselves. 
So through my work and through sobriety, it's just, you know, slowly repaired my relationships and, and yeah. And so, um, and, and, and how, like, like at what point did, did it start to really move in the right direction where it was getting repaired and yeah. the trust was, was re, you know? Yeah. You know, in the first year it's like, you know, the hope is up and still kind of like, Cause they've been, you've been, they've been, been down there before. There. Yeah. Yeah. But as time went on, you know, people, I think it's just like that hope takes over and you're, you're so happy that that person that you've seen struggling for so long, you know, doing well and becoming that person and that they were, they were meant to be or living, you know, the, the life that they were. Yeah. Their authentic know, self. Their authentic self. And so, you know, it is, I kind of hit the ground running really like as my sobriety, when I got out of treatment that time and and started going all into my my career and becoming a trainer and and, and training people and and it just uh it built off each off it just yeah. it's like a snowball yeah you know like and then my 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 passion for my what i do and working with people and and help people transform their own lives you know like i i'm have a purpose i yes. had a purpose you know for the first time i had this purpose wow and, you know, that was so huge for me, you know, like having been so broken down and kind of hopeless and lost in my identity and, you know, didn't have a, a career and a calling. And, yeah. and so Fitness Quest 10 provided that for me, not only like a career, but a purpose and, and also some incredible like mentors and friends and people around me. Wow. Okay. So how long after did you actually get married? So we got married in... Two years after, this is 2014. Yep. And so I'd been at Fitness Quest 10 for three years. So it was two years after I got out of treatment that last time. And so, um, so yeah, I got married in 2014. And then my wife and I have been going, going all into so, our careers. And, and so how's the, um, what, what does she do, by the way? I can't. My wife's uh, getting her doctorate in psychology oh, right now. Go. Yeah, so she's been a social worker. Yeah, okay. And a That's therapist right. and, yeah. and worked for, you know, she's worked at the prison. She's worked and started in group homes and then CPS and then um, social work here in San Diego. Uh, she got her master's in social work at Columbia and a master's at San Diego State wow. in Homeland Security. That yep. was when she thought she was going to do the FBI. Route. Yeah. Now she's getting her doctorate in psychology right now. And how old is she? She is 38 also. 38. Yeah. So would you say mm -hmm. that her coming into your life, talk to me about that real quick. Mm -hmm. how, how, how monumental is the arrival of your wife into your life? The biggest. That was the biggest factor in my life. You know, my family, my friends, my community, coaches. Yeah. The army of people trying to save me yeah. for years and years. Her coming into my life, she, my wife is a, she's a force in nature. <laughs> and she's, you know, somebody that, she's very tough and, you know, um, she just definitely had a huge impact on me getting my life back on track. Because despite how hard I was trying to continue that lifestyle that yeah. I had been on. She, you know, she did everything in her power to, to get me sober and help me get sober. And, you know, wow. 
Wow, man. Yeah, she's a powerful, powerful she's lady. A, she's a force of nature. She's a saint. She's a saint. Yeah. Your guardian angel, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think we're safe to say. Yeah. And so what do you think? What if she hadn't come into your life? You know, it's hard to tell, really. I, I, it's hard to tell where, if she hadn't come into my life, if I hadn't, you know, found Fitness Quest 10. There were certain, yeah. certain things yeah. that were like these lifelines. Yes. It was like I met Sam. She was this, you know, bright light in my life that was pulling me out of the darkness. <laughs> and then... I still was fight, you know, still, yeah, still caught up, and then I found Fitness Quest Ten, and it was pulling me out and giving me hope and giving me purpose, and so yeah, it was like. And so, when did you you had your first baby at about um, probably two thousand sixteen? Yes. So at this time, I'm building up my career at fitness quest yep. 10 becoming a trainer and just training more and more and became like the busier busiest trainer there and yep. was just uh you know all into my career there and sam was doing well and and you know making different career choices and and stuff and you know we've had incredible support from the community there uh, with my you know my family and and fitness quest 10 and and so then we uh we had the you know the amazing blessing of of having a, a yeah. son yeah you know and that's been a complete just incredible tell me about being a dad what's um, that done for you man it's like my purpose and you know commitment to myself and 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 my sobriety has just like doubled and you know, it's yep. just such an incredible, such an incredible thing to be a parent, right? Yep. And my son Knox is just such a huge, huge source of joy in, in mine and Sam's life, you know? Yeah. And there were times, you know, where having a wife or a kid or a family, that wasn't even on the radar. Yep. And now it's like I got this, me and my son are are super close and you're really close this year right now especially my wife's she flies she flies to sacramento every week yeah for her residency at uc davis hospital so she's gone monday through friday so it's like wow. me and Knox. wow <laughs> yeah so we're like walking to school sleeping together yeah <laughs> we're hanging out wow like and he's just and i'm coaching t-ball and soccer and i'm just gotta have this life that's beyond you know beyond which you could even imagine yeah that should frankly it's a miracle it's a miracle yeah <sighs> yeah so for everybody watching and listening g give me some give me some pearls here man because mm -hmm. um, your story is freaking incredible yeah like I'm just like I can go on forever on this because mm -hmm. it's and I've had some powerful stories so mm -hmm. far, but this one's unbelievable. Yeah, well, thanks. Seriously. Yeah. And to look at you, you just would never think. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. You're and, like, so, like, so give me some pearls here, man, for people that are, yeah. that need hope, yeah. um, that have maybe, that are struggling still. Totally. That are going through, because, because 
from what I understand, you're always recovering. Mm-hmm. You're never recovered. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Can you give me anything like to, to yeah. we're going to wrap this up yeah. and give me something like, you know, you talked about your son and you're getting mm-hmm. emotional here. And I freaking yeah. love that dude because I know how powerful that is, man. Yeah. My children, my daughter oh, yeah. has gotten me through the roughest times of my life right, because right. of the joy, because totally. of that beautiful, uh, just um, this beautiful bliss energy that they have mm-hmm. is so, uh, you know, therapeutic mm-hmm. for us as totally. humans. Because they just don't know anything's going wrong. Yeah, I know. And you can feed just off that, that. innocence, that pure joy. Yeah. So would you say that your son at this point's a, dr- a big driving factor for you staying sober? Absolutely. He's a big inspiration in my life just to be a better person, a better man, a better father, a better son. You know, having a kid is a is a blessing, you yeah. know, and I'm, I don't take that lightly, you know. And remind my, you know, talk, go like retelling this story is therapeutic for me. Yeah. You know, it reminds me like I'm given, I was given a second chance yeah. here, yeah. second chance on life. Yeah. And I have probably more than that second, oh, third, fourth, fifth. I've had many chances. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know why, you know, life works out the way it does. We don't know why these yeah. things happen, why I was. Why I reco- why I got out of the addiction that I was in, why I didn't die in this overdose, why I, I see my mom's friend regularly who lost her son who was my age to an overdose. Like why was why is she going through that and not my my parents? Because yeah. if I would have overdosed and died, like you might as well have buried my parents with me. Right. You know, like you know. Yep. And so you know, what it's done for me and and my family, I think all of us, it's given us a perspective and insight on on life and experience and what other people are going through, that empathy that you can't have unless you've been there. And, you know, you just never know what battles people are facing, right? Right. You don't. You right. see what you see yeah. on social media, or, yeah. but you don't know what somebody's gone through or what that guy on the corner, what his story is, or, you know, what those people in your life that think, you know, you think everything's going great for them. You don't know what's, you know, what's, what battles they're facing. Yep. So I have, have learned that, you know, um, you never know what, I know that I've been put in a position where, I never know the impact that I'm going to have on somebody on any given day. And um, I know that for me, the biggest things that have have helped me have been finding a community, a community of people mm. that like, that's what Fitness Quest 10 is yeah. for me today. Yep. And now that's my, <laughs> that's my baby now, right? right? That's my other baby besides Knox is Fitness Quest 10. And so that's why I am in the middle of the herd because... I got all these people that I'm either trying to help or they're trying to help me. And, you know, so finding a, a community, surrounding yourself with with people yep. that lift you up. Yep. Like yep. like people like JD right here. I like I felt that from the day one that we met. Um, mentors, you know, mentors like, you know, having mentors, whether it's through your church or your 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 work or whatever it is 
Um, but, you know, I've been very blessed. And, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. That's right. And I've been given a lot. I've been given a lot since day one. Yep. And I went through some trials and tribulations. But now, like, what I've taken from that is that it's my responsibility. I have a responsibility to to pay it forward, you know, to to be there as a as a, a role model or a mentor for somebody that might need it. You know, I've been given a lot. I've been given many chances. I've been given a, this health, yeah, like the health that I have, and and so you know, I, I try and remind myself not to get you know, stay in gratitude, you know, those times that I would have been the most grateful have been like early on in my sobriety and you can't force yourself to like be grateful like that. Yeah. Right. Like for those, those times early on, I remember like in my sobriety and stuff, just being so grateful. And as things get good, it gets harder to, yes. you, know, you get more things, you acquire more, you know, money or success or, but you know that's not that's not the important stuff right right it's the people it's the the relationships in your family family first always for me yep and you know the people in your life that you're impacting on a daily basis so, big that's big that's yeah. what it's all about it is how are your parents at this point are they just super 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 yeah happy and proud and yeah it's it's they deserve. I've met your mom a couple times. Yeah. She's, she's she's a trip. She's awesome. Yeah, she's you got awesome, you got to meet my dad sometime. <laughs> she's awesome. My dad's my um my my biggest hero. But uh, you know, it's been awesome. Yeah. To see my parents live their be able to live their life, you know, being proud parents. Yeah. That that's who they. Yeah. They worked. They did everything to raise great kids. They did. And we went through some really tough times, but now they get to live that. You know, that proud, being a proud parent and, um, you know, and I'm in this position right now with my folks where they live in Scripps Ranch and, and they help, you know, with my son all the time and they come to the gym all the time yeah. and, you know, and people, people tell my mom all the time, like, you have the nicest boys, like, yeah, and we just sometimes it's kind of like that. We look at them and go. Oh, you have no idea, <laughs> you know, like people, a lot of people, they never expect kind yeah. of like what they would never know what I've been through or what our our family's been through. If you just looked at our family today, I, I, I I'm in that boat because yeah. I remember meeting your mother. I said, I love your son. He's yeah. an amazing guy. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> Let me tell you a few other yeah. things about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, but no, my, my parents are, we're, we're all very grateful. You know, it's like a, you can't, it's the kind of gratitude that you have or perspective that you get. It's like you earn that because you've been yeah. places, right? Yep. Like my mom has the ability to have empathy for other people that might be going through things because of what we, what she went through yeah. as a parent, my wife, my sister, my brother, you know, so our family's a lot stronger, I think, because of it. And would you say your relationship with your your wife is stronger than like it's just gotten stronger and stronger? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There were <sighs> tough times in the beginning, but you know now we're like, you know, I share with her all the time about you know 
stuff that people are going through and and we can kind of be a source of strength or hope yep. for our friends or people we know or you know I gotta tell you man God has a calling on your life oh, thanks you man. know that right yeah I'm sure you're fully aware of that yeah, now I am because yeah. it's the only reason you're still here yeah it's got a calling on your life man and yeah. it's special you know, the impact that you're making, not only on a daily basis here at Fitness Quest 10 and mm -hmm. people's lives, but frankly, I think you're scratching the surface here. I don't even think you've, I mean, you're only, you're only 38. Yeah. Like you're, you're really young. Yeah. So you haven't even made the impact that you're even meant to make yet. Yeah. I fully believe that. Yeah. You know, and, and be able to share this story today with me. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being really open, Absolutely, raw, yeah. transparent. Yeah. I know this was a bit rough at times, but yeah. hopefully, um, you know, again, listeners and watchers, this was powerful, man. Yeah. And I'm dude, I'm proud to call you a friend. I'm proud to know you. I'm freaking so excited to get, connect further with you. This story. I'm so inspired. I feel just, I don't know. I've got this overly, uh, overwhelming sense of just, um, like I, I just feel connected to you now. Like I really want to be a part of, uh, your life and our lives together and our families. Absolutely. This is man. special stuff, man. Absolutely. The feelings mutual, JD. And yeah. I've, I've, you know, you've inspired me since I met you and I love the man that you are in the community with your family. I love like seeing your posts and you're just being, you know, sh sharing that, that yeah. love that you do have for your family and, and the community and, and, uh, and the energy that you have and everything like that. And so, you know, I, I appreciate you asking those questions and having me on today and yep. giving me the opportunity to talk about that stuff because it's like, you know, I heard a, a friend of mine at a meeting recently say, you know, we have to recover loudly. Yes. So that others don't die quietly. That's it right there, man. You know, I was thinking that's months right on the money. So it's like, it is, it's, it's not stuff. It's a, it's a tough topic it's a it's not something i'm proud about it's just it's my story like dude that was like if i this is just and this is just the surface of it i'm like, sure oh we could be here all day yes <laughs> but uh wow. but it's important to be real about that you know like yep. like if you look at my life today you don't see all this all the the pain and the suffering and, and just you know that's and that that's going on people are people are struggling they are and addiction is a nasty disease that does not discriminate nope and um you know so if you are battling out there you know or you have somebody in your family that's battling you know love them don't give up hope reach out yeah call me yeah <laughs> come to fitness quest 10 yeah <laughs> get yourself a community yeah yep yeah man you're just scratching the surface, bro. Thank this you. story is going to is gonna be so inspiring and help a lot of people. Thank you. And we need to get it out there even more. Yeah. Like like your guy said, recover loudly. Yep. So, dude, appreciate you coming in. Real deal talk. That's a that's wrap. It. Love you, bro. Love you, man. Appreciate you. That's a wrap. That's it. Fitness Quest 10, Real Let's Deal go. Talk. Come Let's go. Let's go. Uh. <laughs>